welcome to the simulation is real i'm your host jamo glassburner and i'm here with my associate veg fedries the subtitle of this podcast will be the simulation is real we will be with you in a few short moments cue the music veg oh yeah The sounds of optimism. The fucking of the simulation and the ether. Yeah. All right. Let's begin, Fedge. Welcome yeah, yeah. to the inaugural uh, podcast of the JMO and Fedge uh, podcast hour, subtitle, The Simulation is Real. A uh, little backstory. Uh, Fedge and I are two old friends who have recently uh, reconnected in uh, the social media world in the yeah. post-COVID uh, era. Um, I, I don't think I'm giving anything away or, or blowing anybody's anonymity here jeff by saying that we're definitely fans of uh, altered states and probably altered thinking right i think that in a reality as crazy as this there's no other choice man yeah but absolutely i think i think we're definitely i mean there's leary in the 60s and 70s but we're still way ahead of our time but you know in the the wake of recent (laughs) events and everything changing you know we, we felt we really needed to to have this podcast and we weren't really sure what it was going to be yet uh we initially started off uh you know some loose ideas some technical difficulties but now with zoom and uh through the anchor application we're, we're fully operational but the the weirdest story and we're going to discuss tonight later is the synchronicity and we've actually this is mm. truly an example of synchronicity um yeah and we'll get to more of what that is later uh, Fedge and I were contacted through different channels and being, you know, high school buddies, it was very strange with a world renowned and sort of mysterious guy. Uh, oh, I think, I think the government told us we can actually at least give out his, his working alias, uh, Dr. Temper- Fedge, Temper- Dr. Fedge, yes. yeah, yes. Dr. Fedge, not yuck. I'm not even certain. I mean, I can't even believe like a PhD smokes that much pot and is that that wild of a guy. But let, let me tell you a little bit about what happened through different channels that I don't think we can really discuss yet. Fedge and I were contacted to attend a very important conference, very secret conference at the Wilhammer Norway Psychonautics Institute. And I, I'm not kidding you, children. It was on Google in the planning of this podcast. And now 
you'll be lucky to find it on DuckDuckGo. It may not be out there. Frankly, it weirds me out a little bit. I'm just trying to provide a message, not trying to mess with any, you know, deep state folks or anything, but that's just all <laughs> speculation. But I don't know. I swear, I swear Hillary was three rows up from us at the conference, Fedge. I don't know if you saw mm. that. She was kind of like the profile. <laughs> yeah, I could hear her whistle. She's wearing like like 90s like uh hip hop attire too. Like Jenko's boy. It was very weird. Very weird. Didn't say anything. So um Fedge and I are, you know, like a little herbals, a little little relaxation after our important like psychonautics uh conference work. So we started uh, you know rapping to the, the rare doctor. And I, I'm not even totally sure his nationality he sounds american but the fedge not yolk and uh, you know the fact we were in Lillehammer, norway I, it was just all very very weird and uh we might uh i think we'll have to save the single engine cessna plane ride for another episode but you know we rode in his uh single engine cessna the guy's a partier and uh you oh. know his wife althea for 70 man she was banging she is timeless beauty yes but uh we'll we'll get him on the phone uh a little later we can't divulge a whole lot about him he might work for cern he might not he might have faked the moon landing i don't know but hopefully time will tell and he'll be able to uh divulge information as we go on and the visit from that that government guy was a little weird a little unnerving but i think we're in a safe space i think they're okay with the message they just don't want you know issues of like world security leaking out and mm. that could make this podcast pretty interesting if we're we're somehow chosen in that process in some way by the, the guiding powers that be or Illuminati, what have you. That's another aspect. I think uh, Fedge and I are at least big fans of conspiracy theories. I mean, we get stoned and talk about it a lot. Not that we necessarily believe in one or the other, but that I think will probably be an underlying theme. Mm. I don't know, Fetch. I don't know what you think. If you wanted to drop in on that one, yeah. Conspiracy theories, asking. no. Thank you for asking that. Yeah, the idea of a conspiracy is to suggest that we're actually not in control, when in fact the greatest conspiracy that's been perpetrated upon humanity, in my opinion, has been that very thing. Because in fact we are, and we can be partners with our own imagination into this reality that seems to be up for grabs at the moment and so i think that in view of everything that it has taken for us to reconnect we should just pause a moment and and consider all the different avenues and what ifs and what have yous that not only helped us survive because the 90s were fucking crazy man not to mention the early 2000s nevertheless we're here and I think that deserves a little celebration, do you not? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Here, here, and and beautifully, beautifully stated. Um, and not to go too into much, my my interest in uh, Doctor Not Yolk is is sort of uh, from a fan perspective. Uh, Fedge may or may not be involved in uh, a top secret research MBA program, so he'll definitely present a more uh, scientific side when we can't get uh dr not yolk on the phone but he digs us i mean i was i was really surprised and he, he was more than willing to participate it can be a little hard to get a hold of sometimes so we'll be kind of valuing his time his time as needed but dude's a partier and i think we'll, yeah. we'll be getting on later from what i hear from hearing 
So I just uh, yeah, I just wanted to say I just received confirmation that he's looking forward to this. He's been a little nervous lately. He's been kind of a recluse, um, but he is in favor of it. And uh, he's actually he's actually asked me recently to help him translate some documents he's recently found in the uh, Egyptian desert near Cairo. So that'll be interesting to dig into. I don't even know where to go because I've, I've actually been very interested in, in the Egyptian side of things. I didn't even want to bring that topic up with them. I recently found out, do you know the hieroglyphs are like uh, hieroglyphics are arranged in a way to like turn your mind on like psychedelics. I don't really know the science behind it, but I just found that fact out. I've always found them very mysterious, interesting, and at least vaguely part of what we're trying to convey in this mm -hmm. podcast. Well, I can't confirm this, my friend, but. I've recently been looking into the uh, pyramid text, which was in the Book of the Dead, that was edited and translated by uh, Sir E.A. Budge, I believe. And the detail of those hieroglyphics, in my opinion, goes back to the um, our Western heritage of the magic with sigil work and empowering symbols with our will to affect change in reality. And I think that's a lot of what that hieroglyphic system has to do with, especially if you consider um, the details of the names of the gods compared to what the, actually the symbol is. I could go on for, about this for hours. But nevertheless, yes, very psychedelic, very, very soul opening, very... It, it allows you to see the deeper parts of yourself that aren't aren't so uh, aren't so cozy Disney friendly. Yeah, but well, are, <laughs> go on, go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Um, for instance, um, our generation is lacking a very, very important, vital thing to help us into adulthood, and that's the uh, the rite of initiation, rite of passage. I'm with you. In Egypt young people who would want to be an adult and to have a larger say i'm not that's not to say that they had some like really messed up slave practices i don't want to get into that entirely but let's just say that they were imperfect human beings and um and that's not an excuse it's just an explanation anyway for an egyptian to go into adulthood they had to go into the pyramid and in the pyramid, there was this opening before them, which was just dark water. And a little uh, hieroglyphic was pressed into one of the stones that would communicate that the waters were full of alligators. Whether or not the alligators were there was beside the point. The sign inspires the fear to make them respect the process. So once they got in there, they had to swim all the way to the bottom and there was probably like 10 feet of water. They had to dive down through into a little opening about three feet in, in height and they had to come back up to the other side. And at that certain moment, they would be able to see the sun god Ra ascend and bathe them in this new baptismal light of becoming. And so I think that our generation lacks that because we crave experience. We don't want fucking meaning told to us. We don't want rules. We want to feel alive. And these ancient medicines that we're going to be discussing helps us tap into that so that we become the artist on the canvas 
instead of the fucking print in the news. And, and let me interrupt for one minute, Fedge, because um, you're waxing quite poetically. So come back to this point. I do not want to make <laughs> yeah. this strictly a psychedelics podcast. Fedge frequently reminds me that the Hindus, you know, channel these states we're talking about through Kundalini yoga, etc. And there's definitely lots of weird historical stuff, even with that culture. And mm. I assume other cultures have also channeled this through ways other than chemicals. Chemicals kind of give you a shortcut into the spirituality or whatever the big ideas we're talking about here but there are other ways that i will acknowledge though mm -hmm. i think uh psychedelic expert uh aspect of it will be more prevalent here because i don't think we're kundalini guys uh haven't seen you in person while well, jeff you're a little thicker uh -huh. i'm a little thicker world at uh, not kundalini guys and we smoke actually, too much pod anyway actually actually i have to tell you uh kundalini is amazing and uh i've recently um I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life, actually, man. We got to get together soon, but <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. it's vague yeah. social media pictures. I don't know. I, I saw you in, uh, I saw you by work in uh, our hometown at one point. You were a little thicker, but I've been thicker before too. I'm in pretty well, good shape now too. I'm walking like five miles a day, probably, but I still good, smoke, smoke like a chimney. Well, you're looking good, buddy. It's good to see you. The other, the picture you had the other day was really good. I saw you smiling. Yep. Yep. That's rare for me, but uh, mm. so anyway, so uh, Fedge and I, what we're kind of glossing over here is, uh, I don't know, hopefully, I'm hoping we, we get famous and get lots of uh, young, uh, younger millennials and uh, even Generation Zs to tune into our podcast and, you know, drink our Kool-Aid, hopefully uh, yeah. shower us with praise and celebrity, but it's not, it's not <laughs> about money, Fedge, it's not about money, but little money isn't bad. No, I think I think our uh, our main responsibility, and, and this is just my view, is to just turn people on, like like old Tim used to say, you know, and it's in yep. such a way to make them see that like they're not just by themselves, you know, that we see them and that they can be seen, you know. Yep, and, and we'll be getting on to the idea of uh, one uh, consciousness. Um, later on i think that's a little bit bigger idea now we're just trying to kind of unpack our early ideas but i'm sure many of you older younger uh, listeners uh, that will be drawn to this have probably experimented with psychedelics and felt something sort of alien and sort of weird uh the idea of like one consciousness is kind of old a lot of philosophers have praised it but i think in this new age of Fed, uh, I work in uh, as a background. My profession is in the technology space. Mm -hmm. um, Timothy Leary, who you just mentioned, uh, described the internet as a new LSD um, mm. before he died. And I think it can be presented as that as a very amazing thing. But there's also definitely a toxicity that you're. I, I like. I'd like to explore within the context of this podcast. Yeah, and to spread that metaphor a little bit, I would say like with with what Tim was saying. <clears throat> It definitely has that like psychedelic potential, and in, and in, and if you're not careful with like let's say mushrooms or DMT, you could have a very very rough experience if you have not prepared yourself for it. And so, in a similar way, if we have not prepared ourselves for this psychedelic um, electronic space, it could very well be our undoing. Excellent point, Fej, and there is no preparation 
zero. I, my, my daughter's 16 right. and I get worried, really worried. So there's zero, zero preparation. And I, I think you were a pretty early adopter of the internet. I know my brother and I, my dad was a Westinghouse engineer. We had internet like pretty much since birth, but it, it wasn't moving nearly as fast as this, where you're almost in an alternate reality with the way information moves so fast we had to wait 40 minutes for a chili peppers video to download and wow, AOL yeah, at 93 yeah. now it's instantaneous and it, that's almost a psychedelic state in and of itself but can be a scary and dangerous one if not indeed used properly we're creating a god yep, yep it's also very interesting that like only recently the government is starting to have no fear of uh, psychedelics it, massive decriminalization at least and they were horrified of this idea from the time they became aware of it and anything the government takes seriously they research heavily in the shadows and that's coming out even more now these days than ever like i recently heard uh that one guy that charles manson there's pretty good evidence he he didn't totally nail it to the wall but he had very very good evidence that charles manson was possibly a government asset. He wrote a whole book about it. The guy was on Rogan. Mm-hmm. His name's escaping me right now. But Charles Manson participated in like MK Ultra studies around LSD in the Haight Ashbury area. And if you look at his criminal mm-hmm. record leading up to the, the murders, um, he was taken. I mean, they almost let him off in, in many cases when he should have been doing multiple, multiple years. <laughs> and if you look at that whole uh, issue with uh, was Roman Polanski and the murders, yeah. Um, it, he definitely presented as like an agent of the state that had been trained in mind control around psychedelics. But it's just very weird to me that mm. all of a sudden uh, I never thought weed would be legal, but now they're decriminalizing psilocybin right. in many right. areas. Uh, Fedge and I are from Pittsburgh, but I've uh, been in uh, Cincinnati for two years, which is not far from Kentucky. And there's a loophole where you can join a church in Kentucky and go down and take ayahuasca. They have a very good YouTube channel, but I don't think I'm ready to shit in a bucket on uh, YouTube Mm. yet, but I may do it. Well, that is exciting stuff, man. And like you said, I didn't think it'd come in either, but I may I just voice a concern about that. If I have many concerns, go ahead. So I'm all about the therapeutic use but if we have to, we have to remember that these are not just for us and they're just not about us. These came from indigenous, un, like uncolonized people. And we, we have to be careful that, we, that we're not too hasty and just thinking that this is ours now, because this is fair. This is like the children of the earth. You know what I mean? And yeah. And, and the big tech people, uh, I'm, I'm not by any means a Silicon Valley uh, elite tech guy, but yeah. those guys are microdosing like crazy. And I, I love Elon, but I, I feel kind of douchey about Zuckerberg and definitely Bezos and yeah. all those people microdosing. I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting, but also a little scary. And, and um, to just to add to that, it's, it's not so much that it's like, we have to be shaken by it. You know, that's the point. I think like, um, because it is truly a sacrament, we have to taste it. We have to chew it. We have to feel it getting ripped up in our mouths just in order that we can take our views and our perceptions and have them chewed up and digested and then addressed by nature herself. 
And sometimes that can be rough, but ultimately it's what we need because we need to be able to feel what we're doing to this planet and to each other and to ourselves. And I think this is um, the tool to most effectively do that in a very safe, respectful, educated space. And, um, you know, like federal involvement with this still makes me cynical and nervous. However, um, that is, I have to see that in a way that says like, maybe I should hope a little more. Maybe I should trust people more because so far, like government has not earned my trust at all. It, uh, definitely. Just let me interject for one second. Like sure, they were sure. scared of it through the, through this like fifties or whenever they first discovered its potential, they were horrified of it. They demonized the hippies. There's a lot of conspiratorial stuff we could go into at a later date about that. Sure. I'd love and to. now they're just letting it go. It kind of makes me wonder if they've like almost just nailed the science down and they're just like, okay, let these fucks have it and think they, they have some kind of spirituality, but I, I'm a cynic and hopefully that's right, right. not totally the case. One thing I would love to explore, and please forgive me because I'm in a rambling, <laughs> charismatic mood this evening, as you can tell. Um, but I would like to address, is it possible to be optimistic and smart at the same time? What do you think? Uh, I, I definitely don't think so, but I'm a cynical bastard. I think I'm kind of intelligent. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know. I do, too. I, I think I think you're a bright one, but I but. But why don't you think it's a possibility to be optimistic? Um, because the nature of humans is that they seek power and that power corrupts absolutely. And the ones in power will uh, just do anything to control the population. Really, they need us more than we need them. But they only yeah. need about 500 million of us. Um, and there's also definite, definite evidence uh, now that big tech and uh, maybe the power system is definitely trying to mold society in their own image. And I, you can take it from a Chinese perspective, like the Chinese government definitely does all kinds of weird, crazy stuff, but anything they're doing, we're doing to the same extent, probably worse, mm. honestly. Uh, Snowden inter Snowden revealed that, um, you know, oh, so yeah. you're I mean, saying China yeah. has a camera on every corner. We're right around the corner and just pretending we do it a little more humanely. Not only that, but have you seen how they're doing their social ranking system now? Yeah, social credit system. Yes, yes. That that's like some some Orwellian shit, man. I was in uh, so I had a DUI in 2014, and I had to go to the uh, like recovery, get your license back class. They were yeah. presenting to us the prospect of how they're going to use surveillance technology in the future to identify a potentially addicted person and possibly track them additionally and i'm a clusterfuck i lose everything so yeah, even if i was yeah. and i was an addicted person maybe probably still am they say you're always an addict but you know even if i wasn't on drugs i would look probably like a person on drugs most mornings not a morning person so they said well, like something like coming back to find your keys or returning to the house several times would identify an addictive person i'm sitting there listening to this uh this dui class speech and just like horrified it's like well i'm fucked I should just probably never drive again because uh, I'll definitely be on their uh, their list. So yeah, the surveillance thing is horrifying for me. Big yeah. big Snowden fan. Um, he is a hero of mine as well. Yes. Yeah. I'm, see, I'm just getting too 
see, and again, to your point, I'm getting too cynical on things. Uh, Jesse Ventura, who I'm also sort of a fan of, despite him being a wrestler, what he did in Minnesota in 96 was fucking amazing. And also, uh, I also recently found this out. Trump got very interested in his uh, win in Minnesota with $200,000, like no not doing it by the old guard standards. He just campaigned and got the people behind him and got elected. I've read his books. Uh, people from the CIA came to like interview him after his election. And he's just a old fucking wrestler meathead. And he's just like, the CIA is not supposed to be operational in Minnesota. Tell me your name and what you're doing here. And he didn't get a lot of information from him, but Jesse was a Navy SEAL. So he oh, talked damn, to him. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his, that's his big thing. Uh, that's, that's some badass shit, man. Yeah, they're in oh, Ventura, fuck. California. So his name isn't even really Jesse Ventura. But yeah, okay. that's all he got all into right. the wrestling. But uh, he had resources mm. through Navy SEALs. And he asked them wh- what their p- opinion was from like an agency perspective. And they're like, well, Jesse, I don't think they saw you coming. And I think the aspect of Trump would, I mean, I think anybody that would be drawn to our podcast at this point is, would probably say he's a bastard, but maybe at least an interesting bastard. He got very interested. Yeah, yeah. He got very interested in '96 about Jesse winning, and uh, political campaigns, particularly one like that, are, are done on 20-year scales. So I think it's very, very real that they kind of might represent the same, the two different heads of the same coin. Possibly, I don't know. I feel Jesse's a lot more virtuous, even though he's kind of a wrestler and. Hmm. maybe a little bit of a doofus smart doofus useful i think he's a useful doofus from a political <laughs> perspective I'm sure yeah. trump's just a toxic person that you know uh, emboldened rate certainly emboldened racists i have a tough time like thinking that he hmm. is a racist himself because he was a new york city developer and they love any color that will give them money but he's definitely a, a blowhard and a mean person but I mean, we elected a reality TV star. What did you did you think he was going to get all presidential like the right. first day? Come on. So some of the some of the outrage over him kind of bugs me a little bit. But anyway, yeah. that yeah, was my it, tangent. No, no, it makes me recall what Michael Moore said about Trump that he is the like the last cry of the white man, and nobody cries like a white man, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah, you got that right. <laughs> Fucking honkies. <laughs> yep yep i actually uh pr- like i'm not not a definitely not a gun person but i'm not also a gun control person but i i this was a bit of trolling i presented a point that i'm not for gun control um except males white males 20 to 45 <laughs> yes. and i get to say that because i am one so if you get yes. offended you have no uh perspective <laughs> yeah. yes <laughs> That made that made, that reminded me of something Trevor Noah said recently about like the ghost gun thing, where like that's the only guns people are allowed to have are ghost guns. So like if you really want to shoot somebody, you gotta you gotta build that fucking gun first and do it. <laughs> I, I was on a bumble date with a chick, and uh, she had uh, fairly recently, and she had a line. She's just like, oh, I had to text my sister because uh, first internet date, blah blah blah. I'm like. Oh, understandable. I am a white dude, so I profile as either a serial killer or a mass shooter, so you should probably be concerned. Mm. Yeah, man, I think that uh, we have a lot to learn if we want to help inspire folks, man. Shit. And to the same point, uh, I don't know. It's also disturbing that like Kamala is uh, this beacon of the, the, new, the new way and 
feminine feminine power etc but uh she'll it came out uh she'll uh kick your uh death penalty evidence under the rug real quick if you're a poor black guy in san francisco apparently man i can't speak to that man i just know like i think both both parties were like they both have bosses man like you can't really yeah you know, you know i, I mean? look at them as crime families really i try to stay with the progressive side but democrat republican is just two different gangs working together behind the scenes to fuck us over. I've been really influenced by Chris Hedges recently, man. I don't know if you've ever listened to any stuff that he has to say, but he's been really uh, helpful in helping me see like the power struggle between those two sides and how it's important to stay out of them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Really the two, that that's a big thing about Jesse Ventura. He's what his last book was, uh, Democrats and Republicans, no more gangs in government. He's fiercely opposed to the two party system, and that's a mm-hmm. huge problem in and of itself. But uh, that might be for a little di- uh, later date because I think we'll never stop talking about such <laughs> points. So, getting back to uh, the point, uh, anybody who's done a little bit of psychedelics knows there's something sort of alien, weird, even if you've only just kind of dabbled. Um, reading into it a little bit. And I'm not sure uh, synchronicity applies to that. It's when you have sort of a deja vu experience around mm. a psychedelic experience. But uh, yeah. can, do you think we can get uh, the Dr. Not Yelk on the phone to give the full breakdown of synchronicity? Yeah, let me just dial him up real quick here. All right. Hopefully he's not on his plane. But that could be cool, too. I don't know. Okay. Dr. Not Yelk, can you hear me? Dr. Nayak, JMO and uh, Fedge uh, podcast we discussed in uh, Lillehammer back in March. Greetings. It good is to hear from you, sir. It is good to hear you as well. Uh, don't want to take up too much of your time, uh, Dr. Nayak, but I'm. Oh, it's okay, you. my friend. Time is an illusion. It, it is an illusion. This guy talks in parables. He's, he's fascinating, folks. And. Hopefully this podcast will live long and prosperous and you'll get to know Dr. Not Yolk because uh, I think history will show um, that he is, he's a great man. So Dr. Not Yolk, we're, we're unpacking early simulation theory to hopefully lots of new listeners. Yeah. <laughs> good guy. You, you, you smoking, you smoking a little reefer, Dr. Not Yolk. We, we revealed, that, as you said, it was okay. You're a, big pot connoisseur it was just wild for me to think that a man of so many phds and education is like fucking snoop dog you're like snoop yes. dog bro you're gangster it is the umbilicus to my mother mind excellent excellent any particular strain you're enjoying this evening before i get into uh my uh question uh that you can wax poetically around yes i shall answer your first question in the medium of billy idol for it is a nice day for a white widow. Very good. Well, okay, Doctor Not Yelk, I would it is like good. <laughs> I'd like you to break down uh, the synchronicity from a PhD perspective or whatever perspective you deem appropriate. We'd like to get your expert opinion. I am happy to share it, for that is what it does to you. A a synchronicity is a term that was coined by my friend Carl, and he described it as an a-causal event, meaning 
the ghost in the machine comes a knock -a from a Taoist perspective, one could say it's participation, participation with that which creates all each moment ticked by talk. However, when you first notice it, your Western mind will try to rationalize your way out of it, at which point it becomes a ghost. It becomes intangibility. However, if you are courageous in the moment of synchronicity and proceed in it, you can participate with it. Some have called this intuition. I believe Manly Hall suggested that most eloquently, that intuition is that magical drive that calls you to wonder when, oh, I could tell you so many synchro synchronistic stories, my friend. Let, let me try to pull it through like a keyhole uh, for, for our listeners here, uh, doctor. Um, so if the I have does a, bend. If, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was going to get at. So the big thing around synchronicity that I find fascinating is that if you accept this as you're you're trying to explain here that there are instances where you can actually bend reality like the matrix and it's not a totally foreign idea like they say you put out positive vibes you attract positive things but if you can accept this and understand it from a psychedelic perspective i have encountered instances where my positivity possibly falsely in love with a, an evil woman i've been able to like almost bend uh bend the earth around my will sort of as, as creepy and weird as that sounds but it, it's definitely true and i hope we will explain that in our podcast and it is a tremendous responsibility yep that's what neo said interesting interesting thank you doctor it is a pleasure my treasure excellent excellent and i mean i i it's obvious that a man that uh flies uh so um without regard for like even uh, air traffic control laws or the laws of physics has obviously mastered um, the skill. And I would like to eventually master the skill and help our listeners um, master that skill. Have a good night, doctor. Uh, tell your wife, Althea, I said hello. Oh, we sure will. And one parting thought, you can be your own Magellan in the exploration of your own mind in your own living room floor. All you have to do is surrender to her. Excellent. Thank you so much, gentlemen. It's always a pleasure. I'm going to go unchalk the wheels of my lovely Cessna jet. Be so, blessed. Hope Mashed to speak potatoes. with you next week if the simulation continues, Doctor. Mashed potatoes upon you. Excellent. Oh, what a fun guy, huh? Fidge. I'm, I'm speechless every time I, I talk to the gentleman, honestly. He's such a lovely fellow. That was the moment that we knew that we had to make this podcast a reality. There's speculation, but we said there, there's definitely something more to this guy. And wonderfully, he's he's selected two uh, unknowns like us to, to present his message. But I hope to uh, be integral in uh, revealing this man to the public as much as he wants to be revealed. He's a man of mystery. Yes, it, it seems he's not a big fan of compliments he, he seems to shut down entirely <laughs> which is really funny <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's very it's very calming very calming very interesting man uh we know a little bit about him but we still 
need to know more. And uh, hopefully he will be a huge part of this podcast and helping us break down the simulation using positivity and, you know, possibly psychedelics, if that's your thing to, you know, better our Mm. lives and better humanity, because I think that message has been missing throughout history. And one thing I might be optimistic on is that the power structure, whatever they are, whoever they are, say Illuminati, whatever, Masons, that they've realized that they've made huge errors in control and that they want to maybe make a nicer society. But again, I'm always cynical. Mm. And, you know, regardless of what you say about this time, it's definitely complicated and can definitely be misery inducing, but it is probably one of the most interesting times to ever be alive in uh, recorded history. That's true, man. And like Mark Twain once said, you know, history doesn't repeat. But it rhymes. Yep. Yep. True that. True that. And like, you know, internet traffic went up 40% during uh, COVID and the lockdown. So, I mean, that that's something weird. And, and crossing the, the internet is a psychedelic area that uh, Leary proposed. Um, it's just a whole another interesting angle and it hopefully it'll make lots of podcast content. And what I forgot about this. Do you know uh Leary lot it was like the first live stream was his death. He live streamed his own death. He was such a big internet guy. And this is like back in ninety nine and like dial up or whenever he died. Right. I did not know that he did that, but I do know that he was the first to send his uh ashes into outer space. I yep, yep, yep. I heard that and um yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. This could be probably for a future date. Uh, there's something around like the psychedelic experience that you realize that this is time is not linear. And like the doctor right. said, it's right. an illusion. Right. Right. And that death isn't the scary experience that history has presented mm, it as. It's no, just no, maybe no. another level of Zelda. Mm. May I speak to that just for a brief moment? Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. Um, so all the old, old, old philosophers knew and, and experienced that like to really think about shit is to practice dying. You know what I mean? And yep. so like when we encounter these questions, we're thinking to ourselves, what kind of world do we want to leave for our children, man? You know what I mean? Like, and right now what I'm looking at does not look like a very nice fucking heritage, man. So it's like, we have to confront our own death. That's part of the adventure. And so like, uh, the, in the Eleusian mysteries in Greece for thousands of years, people would go into there and they would come out and they would say, I am no longer afraid of death. And that was written and written and written and history is full of it. But what we're not certain of yet is what the hell happened in there. Strong evidence suggests that it was a psychedelic experience that the people shared together and they came out unafraid of death. And, oh, that, yeah. and most of history yeah. was, uh, it's clear, was just high on ergot wine uh, the whole time. Most of mm-hmm. recorded history, people were just uh, mushrooms too, honestly. Uh, uh, yeah. I think we, uh, Jeff, uh, oh shit, edit. Uh, Fedge. I go by many names. Fedge. <laughs> Fedge, um, I think you pro- you're probably familiar with Stoned Ape. I think we'll have to unpack that on another date. But I think for mm. now, uh, it was yep. probably a really good intro um, to our podcast. We're about in an hour, which is what we were shooting for. Have, have you checked out uh, 
are you aware of Clubhouse at all? I am not. Okay, so it's uh, right now in a pilot program, and it's invite only. Um, and it's just basically like an audio format. It's sort of to the podcast angle, like you and I could like host a room. And okay. Like if we had podcast listeners, they could just jump in our room and like interact with us. Very cool. Kind of Patreon. It's in the pilot program. You need an, uh, an iPhone. Um, and I'll probably get more invites as I, I continue to participate on, on a big one, decentralized news. But uh, hopefully we'll be yeah. reaching out into that area of the ether at some point. We're not sure what it's totally going to be, but we have a general idea. And uh, I'm open to exploring uh, any medium that gets the message out. Uh, as am I. Um, so, so I'm not sure how much time you have left, but I was wondering, I would love to reminisce about your experience of, of high school, man. Oh yeah, 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 certainly. Um, yeah, we could, we could do that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a controlled, it's a controlled, um, it's basically like a a prison. It's a state sponsored prison. Um, Yes. If you go to a private school, if you go to a private school, it's uh, a private, private prison, really, honestly. Um, Yep. And people are, kids are dicks in high school, but the, the system kind of kind of makes them a dick fedge apologized kindly about being a dick and he was never really that much of a dick it's just uh it's a confusing situation uh your hormones are turning yeah. on you're you're finding girls there's uh oh, yeah. around and, oh, and yes. everything it's it's confusing uh, drugs become available we were at a it's very a, uh narcotics yeah, institution <laughs> well said man um it just kind of it's been dawning on me lately that like up until very 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 recently i have just been so uh, so self-obsessed my entire life you know what i mean like it was all about me 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 i was a trophy kid culture you know what i mean like oh i mean that's the worst part of the internet and society right now it's it's oh my god yeah but culture like, but that was impressed upon me so fucking early dude but like nevertheless um i'm I wanted to extend that to you because like, you know, I could have been a better friend to people. I often think like, what if I had said this? What if I had said that instead of just pretended that like, I'm not that deep, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's very tough to get around, but I still think you, you were uh, more tapped into it and uh, not, not to S talk anybody, but uh, Fedge and I have a, a common buddy who's, I, I think, if he's as intelligent as I think, he probably realizes he's a douche. Um, he joined a uh, certain hierarchy, and with his background, it seemed kind of strange to me, certainly. I don't want to blow his spot too much, but uh, right, he right. was reminiscing about our... Uh, yeah, he was reminiscing about our high school in uh, generally the western Pennsylvania area because a story came out that it was a big breeding ground for like white supremacy and like... Uh, anti-Jewish stuff and, and racism, mm. and he was he was uh, kind of you know screaming out into the the mm. Facebook ether with another guy who's probably a little dopey. And from my perspective, they're like, "Oh, I never encountered any racism. I never mm. encountered any racism or blah blah blah." And like, I don't even think they're considering like like homophobia and shit like right uh, i mean i mean lesbians were cool but they just got cool and right uh fag was the every other word and i mean i i was uh i had a gay uncle i'm close with it that was always 
kind of t- at least tantamount to racism to me. Some of the mm-hmm. some of the ideas, and actually interesting with this guy, uh, he had an older brother. Uh, I think he kind of worships, and uh, we were out with uh, his older brother and his one friend who was just basically almost a skinhead. And uh, I watched her like kind of harass a uh, young black waitress at King's, like disgustingly, mm-hmm. honestly. And it's still one of the most uncomfortable moments of my life. And I, I didn't want to blow yeah. his spot, but I almost did on Facebook and name that dude but he definitely would have gotten offended i still communicate with him he definitely uh gets uh un- unjustly offended uh, he actually argued with me the point that uh um that poor people in uh that the military is all poor people uh that stereotype is unfair and gets old and i'm just like hmm yeah that stereotype backed up with uh, two thousand years of history but i'm also mm. a bit of a douche too but it, it kind of bothered me just a little bit on the like i think many people would probably share that background any white upper middle class uh high school probably had a lot of the same experiences unless like they're in san francisco or somewhere you know cool yeah it seems like there's this universal archetype of the high school experience you know what i mean and like i think it's most like what we could think of some good films about like the breakfast club or heathers you ever see heathers man christian slater I feel uh, like not as familiar as I am with the breakfast club, but yeah, I feel so like, I you know, you know what I mean? How like, it's like the high school experience is like this fucking microcosm of American culture. Right. And like, I, I, I felt like I was in a goddamn, like uh, some kind of television show most of the time when I was in school, you know what I mean? I always kind of thought of our crew as sort of like the merry pranksters, at least of, of Northwestern yeah, Pennsylvania. We, we tried like, to, to break the day and we definitely, definitely have some good experiences where, uh, yeah, I mean, you're in a prison system, so obviously you're going to numb yourself. Uh, so yeah, me and Fed just dropped some acid in school. It was pretty awesome. Probably yeah. one of the more valuable points of my education and multiple yeah, times too. Yeah, dude, I remember I did it like, we got those those uh, blue jellies. I was doing it like every day for months. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't do it. I didn't do it in school like too much, but I, I do remember one particular half day where you and I uh, both dosed, and it got very, very merry pranksters ish. Um, if you remember yeah, a uh, young Talk- lady, a young lady with uh, uh, large endowments and a nickname, um, you kind of danced uh, hilariously oh, in front of her, and uh, <laughs> yes. it was very, very awesome. Oh. Very nice gotta, girl. Very nice girl. And this is mean. And one thing I do see in my, in my daughter's <laughs> my daughter's school is they're getting a bit nicer. But that's this good. was very that's hilarious. We were very hilarious. You would have been shunned and yeah uh, executed for that behavior now fed, right. but it was hilarious. Rightly so, rightly so. But let me just let me just say, like I'm and big... honestly, I dated her. Hold on, let me interject. Honestly, <laughs> coming back to this, I dated her and I was I was bitter that uh, you know, uh, I didn't, you know get any you know didn't get it a little further and she was dating another dude so i I definitely instigated fedge in this instance but it was hilarious hopefully maybe we'll do a youtube short reenacting it or something i think i think we should do claymation (laughs) that would be good her her boobs could be huge in that like situation and you know i'm still a fan of cured meats i'm trying to watch my cholesterol of course but you see you remember like exactly oh wow i'm right there with you buddy this is my fear though like what if we like 
this is probably grandiose. What if we get like big and like she hears this and that's why like, we don't use that's why we don't use names, baby. That's all. Yep. Yeah. Good point. Good point. No good names. Point. No. Yeah, names. but I think she'd kind of just know. I think she'd just kind of know, and she's a nice person. Where's yeah, the but, other guy? The other gentleman I discussed. I'd kind of yeah. F you, well, buddy. Me, if you figure it out, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about you, and I think you know. <laughs> let me just say though, in regards to the previous point. Um, also, you're not storming doors, dude. You're not storming doors. You waited sto- and waited. I'm, not no, sure I'm sorry. Th- this person. Cool. Uh, I don't know if that was like a when, when people reference. join certain uh, maybe police <laughs> or military structures, they kind of get grandiose, like they're like the first boots on the ground in uh, like Iraq or something, and. Our, yeah. our buddy here kind of kind of presents that way, and it, he's he's always annoyed me a little bit. But really, honestly, one of my my best friends still communicate with him. I mean, I have nothing but cool memories, man. Honestly, yeah. Th- this conversation and uh, discussing like the military industrial complex with this himbo is a little bit tough. <laughs> Hilarious, also. Yeah, well, that's just like it. It, it, it speaks to our need to be able to converse without such fragility you know what i mean like we have to be willing to sit in the fire with each other you know and burn off some of that burn up some of that dross and come up shining silver you know what i'm saying so like we have to discuss difficult things sometimes and if we love each other more than we love our ideas we'll be all right you know what i'm saying i'm probably honestly we we uh see the the worst of ourselves and people that are annoys us. And I'm probably guilty of this that's, too, but this is kind of a, yep. a classic example of do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yeah. That's what um, Carl Jung would call shadow projection. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's very funny. Very funny. He, he actually went from uh, saying like being very, very anti pot and hanging out with some, some weird people, not that there's anything wrong with them being anti-pot, but from a year of that, I think a year in that coffee house, uh, I think he realized I got to get fucking stoned and get out of this reality. Because it was uh, a very dude, was, radical transformation. Man, I was thinking about Darla's yesterday. Oh, you're blown. I know I'm, he's going to know. Yes, he's going to yes, know who he is. Yesterday, dude. <laughs> yeah. Who? Who? Yeah. I, I think about it often. Often. No, dude, I remember like, remember those fucking. That's a very weird period. That pre-driving, dude, we're getting dude. stoned period is very, very ah. weird. Darkness. Dude, dude, just hold up. Uh, do you remember? Uh, do you remember when we were collecting those specialty camel tins, and they had like the orange vanillas and shit? Vaguely, but uh, like, oh, uh, dude, I, I going into this, going into this, um, well, I'm sure I, I want to definitely dedicate a show uh to a, a deceased very good friend um, oh yeah. who would have been like he would have been i think if we don't get famous here uh, if we had this person in the mix and i had always thought about this we'd we'd definitely go straight to the top he had like full tapes of like darla's satire around yeah, like he- the whole subject but the big thing i remember the discussion of who was going to get cigarettes and how it was going to be <laughs> acquired <laughs> was always hilarious and he we had a whole have, he had a whole yeah. skit around that that topic and people going over to sheets mm, i still remember that video we made when we rolled that like cheech and chong thing in my parents basement <laughs> i think you're remembering that wrong because i think that was uh the bong 
That was the red bastard. I don't think we had a video of the half ounce. No, that was a separate occasion, actually. Okay, I'm, I was probably not involved in that one, but yeah, definitely not the half ounce. Kids, we we rolled a <laughs> yeah. half ounce, and this is not this is not your 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 dispensary awesome <laughs> weed that you kids have now. We rolled a half ounce Jay of just disgusting Mexican <laughs> '90s brick and smoked it all between five people in a hatchback. And yeah. actually, uh, our our other good buddy who I fondly remember as well. He that's another topic. That's another interesting topic. He he was the the quintessential die stoned kind of dude he would not get out of the car and i distinctly remember you fetched and actually coming back to this with the uh, young lady the incident that i'm discussing that was the same day honestly that was definitely 100 wow. percent the same day but uh, i remember you and distinctly fetch i was buckling like yeah. early i buckled like five <laughs> minutes in but like i thought i was gonna die <laughs> i remember you being like i'm breathing mustard gas oh. <laughs> yeah quite a <laughs> quite hilarious we uh, definitely have you. john hughes. i love you man we definitely have man. john hughes material for uh, sure. dude, but it's but it's like so like like dionysian you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like we didn't give a fuck <laughs> but i wanted to come back to uh, that i don't know i i definitely gave way too much of a fuck but oh really yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly. I didn't even actually enjoy pot until, like, seriously, until, like, consistently, until, like, third year of college. But the reality was so fucked up. It's just, like, fucking numb, me, numb myself. I don't fuck. I'll mm, smoke dude, I Ajax to get out of whatever this is. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I remember I was 14 years old, right? My mom is driving me to my first gateway appointment. And I'm like, listen, I'll, I'll cut everything else out, but I'm not going to stop smoking cannabis until i'm fucking dead <laughs> now the, the great thing about that is if if uh say say my my daughter had a huge substance problem if she had that perspective it would be both valid and probably the right perspective honestly there's definitely a lot of evidence around like uh cannabis assisted uh treatment we have a problem yeah, with dude. more gnarly substances and while we're on this topic let me just say something real quick uh, we need to reframe our our entire language around this addiction thing, man, because we addict to everything. Therefore, and furthermore, um, when someone says like referring to drugs as a, as an idea, um, we are drugs. We are chemical processes. We are, uh, the constant said, uh, DMT was the one thing everybody's holding (laughs) the the legal drug. Everyone's holding. We are the, uh, constant volcanic orgy of chemicals and we don't we don't tap into that like we could man yeah, you know definitely. what i'm saying love or hate dr drew and i i'm i have mixed emotions on him one good point he had is there are no bad drugs there are just chemicals and bad human reactions to that right chemical. right and that's and that's why education is so fucking important man like i'm so thankful for dance safe i wish we had it back in our ray days we could have really uh Oh, Dance Safe was there. Really? I must have been totally like oblivious, dude, which is p- definitely possible. No, Dan- Dance Safe was definitely, definitely there. People didn't really give a fuck, though. Dude, I, I, I often reflect on how thankful I was for those rave days. I think they kept me looking forward to something. They kept me like from killing myself, quite honestly. Uh, really good times. Uh, see, I, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed them. 
and, and I definitely got to make out with many girls way out of my league as a result of them. But it was always kind of oh, yeah. like, uh, kind of like a, a '90s uh, di- disco excess, celebrated excess. But there was an element of community with it, and now it's kind of been bastardized and corporatized. And it, it yeah, well, I, I would really love cool, dude. I, I would love to see like a way in which we can distribute through perhaps a new hieroglyphics a way in which we can do that right interestingly enough look at the emoji situations i mean somebody born 10 years later than us can like have a complete conversation in emoji so i don't know what that is but i I like to think of the egyptians as wise and intelligent and whatever the fuck this is is not wise and intelligent but it's definitely interesting i mean our culture is a fucking commercial man there's, I mean, there's nothing worth anything in it. My, my uh, favorite teacher, I would say, in this century, Terrence McKenna would say, culture is not your friend. You know, make your own. You know what I'm saying? It, it, yeah, it's about, it's about conformity and, and ultimately control. And whoever has will rise up and try to take power and control it and keep the majorities down and oppressed and uh, yeah definitely the drug war is a disgusting Mm. disgusting example of this and i will say society definitely appears to be going the the right way at least with that one but i I really hope so man they got to be careful they've got to be careful Mm. there's too much to lose buddy yeah it's just a very slippery slope from putting those people in jail which is wrong to uh, and that, that's what we'll do. We'll corporatize it, make it about money and excess consumption mm. and not wise use. That's that's what my fear is anyway. But at least they're not locking up drug addicts, which I think are is majority mental illness in most mm. cases. And not necessarily Ill- addiction is a mental illness. They, the, the addiction is a symptom of the mental illness. It is a result of the mental illness that they're bastardizing. Man, they're creating new mental illnesses every day in order to continue to control us, man. That's problematic. That's problematic as well, too. I've recently, uh, this was very interesting. I was uh, dating a lady uh, who I guess was previously married to somebody with like Asperger's. And I've also, I've always felt, I thought a little weird, like hyper-focused, sort of Rain Man-ish. That's full autism. She presented that perspective to me. And uh, I was like, yeah. holy shit, that was definitely an epiphany moment. Now, I, I'm pretty bad at math, but I have some kind of a recall for certain things, whatever they are. So I don't, I'm yeah. definitely not full on it, but I definitely was like, yes, I'm definitely on some kind of, of spectrum, spectrum of Asperger's. And Which they say you can't even yeah. say you have. So if you think you have it, you have it. So I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's good or bad. Mm. Well, I mean, like, it's all about what, how you see it, man. Like, I've been in the mental health field for, for uh, I don't know, six or seven years now. And um, we are doing it wrong, buddy. Um, oh, without, I mean, nobody would, nobody would argue on that one. The, the one that always got me, I guess rehab fundamentally is a good idea. But and, this is probably a dangerous thought to unpack. Like people fight for this like socialized medicine and too much access to medicine for people. Well, uh, there's way too many people that are 22 years old for their 25th, 28 days stay. And 
you know why that dude you know why that is can i just i gotta give a shout out to the the guy that saved my life you know what i'm saying i'm gonna call him jfc for the time being you know what i'm saying (laughs) so like when i was let's see 20 years old right i was living in jose felipe cruz from the hill district yeah let's call him that yeah okay yeah, yeah gotcha he drove that 53 corvette all the time gotcha anyway so i'm like 20 years old i'm living in mount washington and i I, i'm living off ketchup packets and like fucking pizza crusts all right and i'm shooting the rest you know what i'm saying yep gotcha and i'm living with these i'm I'm living with these dudes and uh i I hear them say one morning or after i didn't know what time it was anyway uh i hear them say yo i'm gonna go shoot this dude give me that gun and i come down the stairs and they're like yo, can you give us a ride? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> and like by some miraculous event, I get picked up by, uh, by, J- by, by JFC, you know, and he sits me down and he's like, listen, bro, you're going to fucking go out in this room and detox right the fuck now with no medical aid whatsoever. I'm going to give you some water and a bucket and I'll see you in three days, motherfucker. And so I was like, you gotta be careful though, Fedge. Cause, uh, with the opiates, that may or may not be true, but uh, with the benzos and even uh, the SSRIs, oh, no. that can yeah, be very dude. dangerous. I just, I the- just want to be responsible with the listeners. I totally respect that, and I'm just going to say, like, it was it was purely opiates at this point. Even that's coming into question because, like, a bunch of people have died in county lockups from supposedly pure opiate withdrawal, which I had thought impossible. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. It's all good. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate the the back and forth it keeps me sharp nevertheless um the important thing there was the tough love the tough love to say like you're gonna fucking feel this shit and remember it now that doesn't mean like you have to go cold turkey it doesn't mean you have that's to- an interesting angle on tough love too i've never thought about that continue yeah dude and like that's what's and then like if you think about synchronicity that way who whatever force that is that we're participating with functions with tough love because every time I made a courageous act, I was rewarded for it by the removal of the barrier. Yes. Yes. And I am pretty critical of the program, but I got enraged recently about uh, a young lady claiming that she was an addict, but would not get into the program because she's not religious and doesn't want to be uh, taken by religious things and it's just like you've never been addicted or anything if you've never been in a situation to at least break that part of it down that is not about that at all spirituality and religion are i think can be two totally separate things honestly the program it can be excellent but i've also seen bad sides of it as well yes Uh, yes. people tend to believe that some of them tend to believe that there's no other substance, nothing you can't ever use again. I I don't like that idea necessarily, but there is a camaraderie brotherhood. We're all one aspect of it that I do love. Well, I certainly would agree with that. And I've, and I've been, I've made many pots of coffee. I've been in many rooms, you know what I'm saying? And uh, there is certainly like a level of honest and open humanity there that you're not going to get anywhere else in this world. And that's uh that's very valuable, I think. But like for said, some reason, much more, in my opinion, prevalent in AA than NA. Now, my issue with NA, there, there's a lot of people that have just never had anything going on trying to fuck each other. 
And that's and that becomes tr- problematic. The 13th that, that, step, they call it. Yeah, which is a great fucking album by a perfect circle if you haven't listened to it recently. I love Maynard, but I didn't, oh, I didn't know that oh. one. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Anyway, um, I found that like when you go to the meetings that are like in the quote unquote like rough parts of town, you get a much better uh, healing experience than if you go to the privileged areas. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, maybe a little. To, yeah, to an extent. Uh, yeah, 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 certainly. There's definitely a lot. I think there's probably a lot more privileged people that find their way to a recovery community than people that have had it kind of hard. But I, mm. I can definitely see that. Yeah, but it's like that. I've always been very transgressive, so I can't really follow rules. I just, they, they don't like fit with me at all. Um, so like when they tell me there that like, you know, you're always going to be an addict, I say no, because you're not going to define me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, I, and it sucks though, because like I lost a lot of good friends. I still communicate with some of them, but um, you know, I was excommunicated from the church. I was excommunicated from the fucking rooms. But, you know, it's all good. Interesting. How were you excommunicated from the rooms? Oh, just in this, like a sense of socially. Right. You know what I mean, right. like right. Um, there's a lot of clicks and stuff and it gets. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The people trying to fuck each other. Um, yeah. I, I had to do uh, I did a, a 90 day at a place in Butler that was a 3C. And there's a lot of good stuff about it. They preached the program like heavily. Mm-hmm. But 70% of these dudes were trying to bang the girls that we barely saw in a four foot space because it was so like locked down. Yeah. And I haven't kept closely with them. Like four different people ended up in like love triangles and are like still like living together based on like note passing at this facility. I believe it, dude. Yeah, that goes on for sure. I think addiction is like like uh, Dr. Gabor Mate would say, like it's a it's a spiritual uh, illness. Ultimately, you know what I mean? Because like we have no myth, man, and so like we just we just pump it up, dude. You know what I mean? I come back to that. There's a lot of misdiagnosed and wrongly diagnosed mental illness, a lot of depression, and people are just looking to uh, try to numb that depression. I'm not a big. It's a strictly a disease argument although much smarter people say now it strictly is a disease i think it's more of a spiritual malaise and you looking to treat that any way you can be it alcohol pornography addiction you know whatever yeah i mean sugar television yeah i mean sugar honestly sugar is the opiate of the masses now they want you uh just consuming uh, corn, corn sugar and killing your health that way. That's perfectly socially acceptable. I don't think I could imagine a society where we go to jail for eating and drinking, but uh, anything's know, possible. Dude. This reality. Never know. Nowadays, never know. I, I mean, uh, Bloomberg tried to, he got pretty chastised for this. He tried to regulate uh, the size of sodas in New York. And it was like, mm. you can't tell me what to do. I'm an American. I'll drink all the corn soda I want. Don't smoke any leaf or put them in jail. It, it right. makes no fucking sense like whatsoever. We can consume corn sugar at uh, as basically as much as you want to take to kill yourself. But uh, mm. 
a, a, a fucking weed is is still sort of demonized. It's getting better, no doubt. But yeah, you can definitely still probably go to jail for for pot. Yeah, dude, a lot I mean, of places. Like, and like, I'm just coming to like really respect the potentials of the cannabis these days, dude. Like, have you ever really gotten into the DMT space with cannabis? Uh, oh, I mean, I think that was a problem early on when I said like that I didn't really dig it. Like there's an introspective. Yeah, there's definitely mm. an introspective heavy psychedelic thing in, in early cannabis use. I think only once I was like able to like get comfortable with it where it wasn't that big of a deal that I didn't go in my head so bad that it was, right. it was terrible. It, it was probably a lateral move. Honestly, I would have been miserable otherwise, but I was also miserable and paranoid most of the time when I was stoned. Now the uppers and, and opiates definitely those were a different thing. Those made me feel like I found uh, the, the answer to life at fifteen, and it was just because I was mm. really fucking smart that I figured it out. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's there there's definitely yeah. It's definitely very interesting, and I, not that I don't think that opiates can't be useful, and they're also kind of maybe getting demonized a little too much. I, I don't know too much about it personally, but like, I know people that probably genuinely maybe need them are having a yeah. really hard time getting them as a result of all the, the fuckery that went on throughout the nineties and early two thousands. Mm. Although they're there, they have said also that there's no correlation between pain relief and, and opiates, but there's definitely That's people in crazy pain need to be taken out of that pain however they do it and i mean fucking let them do it if you've got like physical evidence proving that right. yeah not just my back hurts uh my mom had like right. four or five slip disc operations and it's it's come out now that those were just basically like a red herring hoax uh wow to pump the the, the medical system up with more money that's obscene man mm. yep yeah totally Totally. And, you know, she never really, she definitely, my mother's definitely mentally ill, but she never really had an opiate issue, interestingly enough. Mm. But yeah, they kept, they kept operating on her back. And interestingly, uh, there's a guy, Dr. John Sarno, and he kind of got shit on a little bit. He came out with a book in the nineties that back pain is almost entirely uh, mental. Uh, mm. Some people shit all over it is like total bullshit, but uh a lot of people swear by it that once you read his book, like people that suffer serious, serious back pain, it just goes away. Dr. John Sarno. Well, I think there is something to like the whole like mind body connection. You know what I mean? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And so like, but if we're conditioned to think that like we need a pill in order for the pain to go away and we believe that certainly we're going to buy in, but I think our culture has really missed out on the, um, the mind and body interface you know what i mean like <clears throat> we don't really know the potentials of what we can do for ourselves yep yeah i i would i'd have to agree and coming back to the program like one of the things that always bothered me about it is like they kind of just always like bastardized anybody that was working the program from an honest perspective but might have had like a little bit of help and i always wondered why ssris were more acceptable than like somebody doing like suboxone or cannabis that's a good question, man. Mm. I mean, boxing can be good and bad, but I've definitely seen people get their shit together for many, many years, possibly forever. I mean, I haven't followed up on everybody just, just suboxone. And 
uh, I'm actually being in Ohio, actually, Fedge. Uh, it's uh, two years since I have been on any Suboxone whatsoever. Oh, proud um, of you, buddy. Good so, job. But yeah, I'm glad I'm off of it. But I, I don't know. I think bastardizing and demonizing people that are taking it, going to work and like even working a program, honestly, there's just way too much of that. There is some yeah. visceral, visceral hate. And it's I always get uncomfortable when people are enraged by how another person is living and like righteous. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're shitting all over this guy, taking Suboxone and working a program here, buddy. But you're taking a rotten Right in a love triangle, um, using women as property, and just basically buying Jordans in the three quarter house. So, get off your not, uh, soapbox. Not to mention, like just like the horrific amount of alcohol usage. You know what I mean? Like that's it's a fucking poison. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus Christ! Really? Yeah, really. I frequently try to break down uh, the different substances I maybe had issues with. I was never like a big speed guy, but that, uh-huh. that definitely made me realize that I, I thought I could do drugs. I, you speed people out there probably listening, right? Hopefully listening right now, 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. Talking to the shadow people. You guys are the lemmy of drug use. I, I salute you because that shit is an evil that I, I can't comprehend. Uh, after mm. 24 hours, you're basically mentally insane. Man. And there's no physical uh, addiction, but I don't know. Sometimes I feel like if I would have been really, really drawn to that, like the opiates, I would have come around sooner. But I, I kind of mm. define opiates as the worst. But sometimes alcohol is such a slow death that that might even be the worst one. Mm. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's it's It's, it's just about like I don't think we know what we want. You know what I mean? And so like, because we're terrified of actually like thinking about what we want, we shut that internal voice off by whatever it is we find. You know what I'm saying? And, and the constructs of society, I think have, have made things true that we don't understand yet that you're not physically meant to mentally deal with this fuckery and, current society uh john lennon was like at his death was looking into this uh surgeon who thought uh our skulls were actually a couple degrees whatever too tighter he would drill a hole small hole in your skull and uh, it, it would like loosen the pressure of your skull and your brain and you'd feel sort of stone permanently but like uh, he, he espoused it as you know the, the new thing and mm. thank god john lennon didn't have it well maybe not. i don't i don't know how to feel about it it's a good thing john didn't didn't have that done there's actually a funny story uh way after the beatles he was he was talking to paul about it and paul's like well what do you do if it rains john <laughs> the hole in his skull so <laughs> I, I love those guys love beatles stuff yeah they're uh there's something man i remember watching yellow submarine in the in the basement of one of our friends, like over and over again, just like tripping our faces off, man. It was a, it was an experience. <laughs> I mean, you look at you look at John Lennon. Uh, 
he had his mom die at a very young age. She wasn't really around that much, but he like idolized her. Didn't really know his dad. I kind of think he felt like a like a lost like individual. And he was definitely certain they were certainly all very intelligent, but I think he was very, very, very intelligent. It kind of felt out of touch with society or whatever the norm is and tried mm. to deal with that until the end. It's a really tragic, tragic shame the, the way it ended. I mean, Paul's great, but I've kind of always wrote him off as a little bit of a, a, a poser. <laughs> I called Paul McCartney a poser. That's <laughs> popular. I just like John better. I just like John better. Mm. Paul's a good guy. I've always been a George fan. Well, interestingly, George. Okay, so they're from like Liverpool, which is very like working class. Paul mm. was like more like the upper echelon of that like working class. Like the the British uh, case system, not case uh, class system, is like really interesting in the Indian case system. Mm. Like you're defined to a class by birth, and it's very very difficult to move in or out of that class. And it sounds horrible, but in some ways, it, it, I've seen ways that it, it can actually be awesome because people defined in that class have like less pressure to like you know be born in a trailer park and say oh, I got to be a millionaire. They're just mm-hmm. you know they can live and you know get by, and that's you know they figure out what makes that level happy. I, I guess it's bad that somebody can't easily move up or down, but maybe the fact that you can do that in America is also an illusion. And we just have a class system that's more well hidden. Shit, man. Okay. Well, I think that was awesome. And we're like getting like to the two hour mark fedge. I think. Oh, really? Probably, yeah. We're just about it. Oh, hours. damn. I'm just getting warmed up, dude. Zoom is like asking me. To, yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing. If we go like seven hours, this, this will probably get less interesting despite us being interested so <laughs> let's uh, righteous, unpack righteous. this uh schedule this for another week see about publishing it and go from there my friend i cool, will man. text you in the ether i look forward to it thank you so much my friend good evening this is great bye buddy peace